0: I'm Peter Bonham McNiss and he is Chris Lane and welcome to another of these regular property briefings. And a warm welcome to you, Chris. Well, Peter, it's good to be here with you again. A while ago now, you talked about the role played by a managing agent. Is there any reason why investors couldn't manage their own commercial properties?
1: You know, that's one of the questions I often get asked by inexperienced investors. You know, why can't I manage my own property? Of course, you know, the short answer is obviously, yes, they can, provided they know what they're doing. But when you think about it, it's probably a pretty inefficient use of your time. I mean, particularly if you've already got a full-time job or you're starting to have a pretty large portfolio of properties because your most productive use of your time is in finding and analysing and putting deals together, not the day-to-day management of the properties that you own. And the reason I say that is that because, more particularly with commercial property, there are certain legal responsibilities that you have and they involve compliance with statutory regulations and obviously these regulations will vary from state to state but nonetheless there is a base level of compliance that needs to occur and the responsibilities that a landlord has when owning commercial property. And it's the sort of thing that unless you do it day in, day out, it's very hard for you to keep abreast of those regulations because they do change. And it's only if that's your day to day job as a, you know, fully qualified commercial property manager's job is that you are on top of that and that you know what the, A, what the regulations are, but also the implications of non-compliance and the likely areas where you can slip up. And, you know, the issue is that if you've got a managing agent and with most managing agents or if the leases are structured properly, more often than not you can get that fee picked up as an administration charge and payable by the tenant. But what's really important for you as a landlord is that when you engage a managing agent, If they, in fact, stuff it up and make a real mess of it and fail to comply, you can actually sue them. And under their professional indemnity insurance, you've got coverage for any actions that a tenant may take against you as the landlord. But if you're doing it yourself, the tenant will sue you and you have no fallback. So my recommendation is that, Even with one property, and I do this myself, I engage a managing agent. I mean, I'm aware of the implications, but I don't want to spend endless hours keeping up to date with those implications of the legislative requirements. So I engage a managing agent who I pay, or in fact the tenant reimburses, but what I'm saying is that I engage them to act on my behalf. And if there are any issues, they'll ring me, we'll talk about it, we'll sort it out but they have the responsibility to recommend what to do and then to implement it to make sure it complies. And so that would be my recommendation. Yes, you can manage it yourself,
0: but it's not efficient nor very smart to do that. You mentioned certain legal responsibilities landlords need to meet. Could you perhaps expand on those? Well, as I mentioned, the regulations
1: will vary from state to state, but... Taking Victoria as an example, in middle of 1994, the Victorian Act, the objectives were stated as being to establish, maintain and improve the standards for the construction and maintenance of buildings. We're talking about commercial buildings here. Also to facilitate the adoption and efficient application of a national uniform building standards and accreditation for building products. So it's not only the building, it's the components of the building itself. Also to enhance the amenity of the building and to protect the safety and health of the people who use the buildings. Also to facilitate and promote the cost-effective construction of buildings so that there wasn't a lot of Wastage and inefficiencies within the building, and that leads to the the final one, which was to provide efficient and effective systems for issuing building and occupancy permits. so it used to be that it was only the councils that could issue an occupancy permit. Now the government has extended that, so if you are a licensed building surveyor, you can as an independent contractor under the auspices of the Victorian Act, issue an occupancy permit and certify a building fit to occupy. And that is then lodged with the council, but you don't actually have to use the council-appointed building surveyor. So it allows things to happen a lot quicker and not get bogged down in the whole system. And you find the Act sets out the legal framework for regulating construction of buildings building standards, and the maintenance of certain safety features within the buildings themselves.
0: So what specific obligations do you have as a commercial landlord? Well, as a landlord, you have the
1: responsibility and you can engage a certified contractor to undertake that on your behalf. And at the end of each year, you get a certification, a certificate, to say that all the appropriate inspections have taken place. A building surveyor approves the occupancy of the building and there have to be regular inspections, some six-monthly, some three-monthly. And it's important when you get a building surveyor to provide the occupancy certificate for a new building, particularly if you you want to continue to uh, own it yourself is that they have an option to whether they do specify certain things three-monthly or six-monthly, and obviously it's going to be better for everybody if there are only six-monthly inspections. I'm talking about lifts, air conditioning, methods of egress, all that sort of stuff. But you don't want to have, firstly, the cost of doing it, but also the intrusion upon the tenant. Now, the tenant wants to know the building's safe, but they don't want to have their business interrupted more readily than necessary. So the regulations require you to identify and inspect all essential services to ma- ensure that they are maintained to a specific standard. And as I said, the frequency, whether it's three or six months, will be determined by what type of items that are being inspected. Now, you, as well as inspecting, you have to keep hard copies of records and inspections on site. Now, sometimes in a smaller building, that's not a problem. In a larger building, that can be a bit tricky. And you can get dispensation to hold it in the building manager's office rather than at the, you know, in the four-year of a building. I mean, it's just sometimes it's impractical to do that. But you have to have a complete display of the annual essential services report and the occupancy permit also in the building so that someone can know and readily find, if it's not actually on site, whether or not all the inspections have taken place. And this is important because, you know, you can find, particularly if the contractors might be lax, this is the managing agent's job to make sure that they have the inspections on a regular basis. So, They will know when the the inspections are due to take place and will get the quarterly or six-monthly inspection sheets back from the contractor inspecting them. But at the end of each year, they need to get a sign-off to say that the building has been inspected and now complies with all the current-day regulations. And if not, what are the issues that are involved? So. At a six-monthly inspection, it may be that some of the egress signs, uh, the lights don't come on, so that if there was a blackout, the tenants wouldn't be able to find where the fire escape was. And, you know, often you'll go there and you find the tenant has stacked chairs up against the fire escape. I mean, it, they might have been rearranging their tenants hadn't even thought about it, but that is a breach of the Act. You have to have clear paths of egress, to the fire escape. So there are all these sort of issues and you know the air conditioning plant has to be inspected, the lift has to be inspected, the fire system has to be inspected so that any buildings that are constructed after July 1994 have to comply with this new was well not new but it was a change of regulations from that point on which anything before that they're not required to have the regular inspections and the annual essential services report but nonetheless all the safety systems must be properly operated and maintained. So you're not let off the hook but it's not quite as strict compliance requirements. Now as I said this includes things like the exit signs, paths of exit and therefore it's probably useful to keep a record. So even though if it's an earlier building or an older building, you're not strictly required to do that. It's not a bad idea to say you've inspected it. I say to my clients, nothing's a problem until it's a problem, and then it's a bloody big problem. And so if you can demonstrate that you have, or your managing agent has been through and carried out inspections and three, six months ago everything was fine, if the tenant wants to take action, you can mitigate that because you can say, well, it must have happened in the last month. It's not that we left it there for the last five years, the problem, that it wasn't there three months ago. So this is the, you know, protective mechanism that you can do. So even if the building was older, when you do a, a significant upgrade of works to an older building, what you find is that you would then have to comply With the current day regulations, in other words, it was more than 50% upgrade of the building, it's deemed then to be falling under the the Act that applies since
0: July 1994. I guess that's where a good managing agent comes in.
1: Well, exactly. And look, while compliance may seem somewhat confusing and onerous, this is something that your managing agent will be able to coordinate in your behalf and to ensure that you meet your legal obligations. And therefore, the long answer is that it would be in your best interest to appoint a competent managing agent rather than try and muddle through on these sort of very complex
0: issues on your own. So I hope that's been helpful. Well, I'm certainly convinced, and thanks for that. When you think about it, having a
1: property manager take over all those potential pitfalls for you really is pretty cheap insurance.